Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. We talk a lot about people battling the coronavirus, and by that we mean people who are ill, and sometimes we mean healthcare workers and, and frontline workers at essential businesses like grocery stores and meatpacking plants. But we don't talk much about the workers who are called in after someone loses their battle. And yes, I mean the funeral industry. Much as we might not want to focus on it, these jobs are essential, and they've been changed in some big ways by the ongoing pandemic. Our guest today is here to talk to us about it. Marcus Harrison is the general manager and embalmer at the Austin Lane Mortuary in North St. Louis County. He's also the owner of the Harrison Funeral Chapel in Alton. Marcus Harrison, welcome to the show. Thank you. So we're all dealing with this pandemic. It's changed so much of everyone's lives. But I'm wondering how big of an impact has it had on your business? The the death rate went from what was steady to an increase all of a sudden once the COVID-19 um, pandemic entered the scenes. So we went from just normal business to the rates increasing because of this virus mm-hmm. that so rapidly took over. When did you see your first fatality that, that you knew was um, from it? It had to be... It was, you know, shortly after they announced uh, about the pandemic, it was maybe within a week's time. Okay. So it was pretty quick that then it was there on your doorstep. It was. And I was telling someone else, maybe went from one case to the numbers begin to increase rapidly. And so, so you, we went, sorry, go ahead. I was saying we went from not knowing what to expect to having um, just a rapid increase in a lot of cases coming in. And so you've seen this is now a big part of what you're dealing with. Is that fair to say? It is. It's an everyday occurrence now. So there's a number of things I've just never even thought about before when it comes to COVID-19 and death. And I guess the big one, and I apologize if this is a dumb question, but... Is this something where you have to worry about um, catching it um, when you're dealing with uh, the bodies of someone who's deceased? Very much so. In fact, when we get the call from what we call the first call from the hospital, nursing home, or even the home, the residence, whenever we get the call now, one of the first questions we ask if they have not already told us is if the person that aspired had uh, COVID-19. And are you more worried about the body or more worried about going into that environment where there's going to be germs all over the house and, and in all the bedding, things like that? It's a dual evil. <laughs> okay. So both. Um, yes. <laughs> so yes, what, yes. what kind of precautions then do you have to take? I'm, I'm sure that trying to keep your workers and yourself from getting sick, that's, that's hugely important to you. It is. So there's a, a couple of um, variables in there. The PPE, our personal protective equipment, um, we are using those, the full protective equipment, when entering into these facilities to take their loved ones into our care um, so that we can protect ourselves and our employees from the virus. But the problem is, is that even though we have been listed um, by Homeland Security as those that are 
first responders, mm-hmm. when it comes down to receiving equipment, we weren't receiving the equipment. The mm-hmm. places that we normally would call the vendors that we would normally call to get our masks, gloves, gowns, um, shoe coverings, head coverings, a lot of those places were out because they had distributed to the um, hospitals, nursing homes. So we were on a list that was basically forgotten. Mm. So is that still the case? Are you having a hard time getting this stuff? In some cases, um, there some places have now been able to get some things, but it has still been scarce. So where are you? I mean, are you trying to just um, source this on your own? You're out there trying to find suppliers? That sounds just so incredibly difficult. We are. Um, and a lot of times, so what would be norm, what would normally just take one phone call is taking about maybe five or six calls just to get some place that may have a few masks or um, maybe just a couple of boxes of gloves. So this has become a huge part of your day is just trying to track down this equipment. It really has. I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, that just seems like on top of, as you say, you've got a lot more cases you're dealing with. Um, You must be working some long hours here. We are. And that's that's the other part um, of it. Um, Part of protecting our staff is making sure that they stay well. But with staying well, we have to make sure that our families are served because the families are going through this um, horrible time when they have lost a loved one unexpected due to COVID-19. And so with that being said, at the longer hours you work, sometimes your immune system is compromised, but mm-hmm. you need we need for the immune system to be on the up and up so that we may be well to serve our families. Yeah, this seems like a vicious cycle, like you're having to work so hard just to get this protective equipment in place, but then you're you're running down your body so that you need it even more than you needed it before. That is so true. So what do you see in in terms of this personal protective equipment um, situation? Is there any long-term, is there a light at the end of the tunnel here that you've now got a good supply, or are we looking at just a scramble every day? It's it's still a scramble. When we order, it's not like ordering. Before when we would order, we would get enough to last us for a few weeks, and then you place the order again. But when you're calling and actually find some place, you only can get so many. And one thing is now um, in funeral service, it's not just the decedents that we are concerned with as it is the families that we're serving, which means that the entire staff has to have some part of this PPE because we're coming in in contact with the general public at some point during the course of our day. Mm -hmm. So you see that scramble just continuing. It did, and not only so it it's not just for our care center, but it's now for the whole staff that we have to try to have this PPE. Mm. Now, at the for. same time that you're dealing with all this, as you mentioned, you've you've got these families here, and I'm sure they're distraught, but they're not allowed to have funerals, at least not in the traditional sense. Have families been understanding of that? Has there been some pushback? So uh, initially, there was some pushback because. Some families weren't quite understanding, but, you know, we told them we were working with the CDC. And as time progressed, um, families were more more understanding because it wasn't just a funeral home isolation as it was a nation 
or even the global um, pandemic and restrictions that everyone had to adhere to. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just in terms of funeral service as it was you were going to the grocery stores and any of your other essential places that you had to go and had to rebuy, abide by some type of restrictions. I mean, that makes sense. We're all so keenly aware right now that we're in this together. But at the same time, St. Louis County, where you're located, they're talking about starting to ease restrictions, reopening. Do you think that could put some more pressure on you as a business if you want to hold the line and and not host these large gatherings? I I believe it will. In fact, we have already got a little bit of a pushback, but we have to constantly remind them that we're still trying to protect them as well as the our general community here. It's not just the family that we're serving as it is everyone that comes in our doors. We're still trying to protect everyone um, on a whole. Mm-hmm. So with this, you know, you can't do the traditional funeral. What kind of options are you offering instead? So what I've seen a lot more of is um, we've seen direct burial increase and also maybe just visitation only where the family sits there and have uh, moments alone with their loved one and then proceed to the gravesite. Mm-hmm. And you also said, sorry, direct burial. What it, What does that mean? So some families have opted not to have a visitation mm-hmm. or traditional service, but maybe go straight to the graveside and have prayers there. And at some cemeteries, the families aren't allowed out of their vehicles. That's got to be hard. I mean, part of your job is to help people through this grieving process. Do you feel like, um, you know, these kind of restrictions, as much as they're necessary, just puts people in a hard place? It really does. And not only um, with them being in the hard place, a lot of times as the funeral director, we minister to their needs, serve to their whatever their needs are. And part of that is showing love, strengthening them, comforting them, and when you almost have to abide by the social distancing, you you almost feel like you're standing behind a glass trying to comfort these families. So not only do you have the restrictions, but we're not able to really reach out to them and perhaps where they need a hug or need someone's shoulder to cry on, you, we're not able to really do that during this time. So we feel horrible. Mm. I'm sure they really miss that touch. I think we've all, you know, in the past when we've lost a loved one, had that moment of warmth coming from from somebody running the funeral home where it just makes you feel so much better. Do you find yourself missing it as a person that you wish you could give people that hug? Yes. Yes, I do. In fact, um, I was reading one article where the doctor in New York ended up committing suicide because Mm -hmm. they felt like they basically were a failure with all of the cases that were coming in from the COVID-19 and they weren't able to save them. And sometimes we're in that same position when we feel like we're not able to provide final closure of peace and comfort with the families as we normally would do it. Mm. And that's it's so sad to hear that to some extent you identify with that doctor in New York who, who had to take such a bad step. Are you able to get um, a release from your job and something where you're able to also take care of your own mental health? We try, and, and one thing that we've been trying to do is just be a support team for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the funeral homes, uh, by us not really being recognized as first responders, per se, or the final responders, 
we have tried to build that web of communication with one another and support with one another where we're strengthening one another during this time. That's great to hear. Um, And I do find myself wondering, you know, you've been dealing with matters of death so much longer than most of us just don't think about it day to day. And this pandemic is making us think about it in new ways. I'm wondering if you maybe have a slightly different perspective on all this than than somebody who doesn't think about these issues as deeply as you do. Um, Yes, we have. One one thing is we've been forced to to think outside of the box when it comes down to traditional services. Mm -hmm. Um, We have had to find ways of coming up with a coping mechanism, um, some type of closure or something for family members um, that aren't able to attend the services. So it's causing us to do just things a little differently so that they can have some piece of closure or some piece of comfort, you know, just that they can have just a little bit something to grasp on to during this time. Have you had anyone live stream a memorial service? We have. So live stream has increased. It's almost common on on all of our chapel services hmm. um, by the request of the families. So people that are, are in town and out of town are now able to view virtually. Is that maybe the silver lining, that people who are out of town are now getting a chance to participate in these morning rituals? Um, I believe that it is. I think probably before, maybe the live streaming maybe would not have been such a great solution, but given the circumstances... I think that most people are happy to have some type of of comfort, some type of of closure, something that they can put their eyes on, you know, a a visual, something that makes it real for them. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so glad that you're providing that. And and it does sound like a really tough time you guys are in. So I hope you'll be able to hang in there and get that protective equipment. And um, boy, I hope that caseload does go back to normal. So thank you. Uh, Marcus Harrison of the Austin Lane Mortuary and the Harrison Funeral Chapel, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.